Welcome, Impactful Parents. It's time for the Impactful Parenting Podcast, where I give you parenting tips and resources to make you a more impactful parent to your school-aged child. I am your host, Christina Campos. Welcome, Impactful Parents. Today, we're going to talk about three ways to support adolescents throughout the buying, selling, and moving of a new home. Hello, my name is Christina Campos. I'm founder of The Impactful Parent, and I help parents of school-age children turn their chaos into connection with their adolescent. I offer parent education videos every week, online courses, and coaching. And if that wasn't enough, I bring experts in and other fields onto The Impactful Parent stage to teach you even more. And today I have a special guest. Her name is Jaqueta Anderson. And Jaqueta is a formal school psychologist and realtor. Uh, She has taken her 15-year experience of working with children and now uses it to help families make smoother transitions between homes with their kids. She recognizes that buying, selling, and moving can be a stressful time for everybody, especially adolescents. And I'm happy to have her on The Impactful Parent today to talk about how we can better support our kids during the moving process. So thank you for being here. Thank you, Christina. That was a lovely introduction. Much appreciated. I always enjoy spending time with you. And I want to get right into the thick of things. You have three ways that parents or, you know, just guardians of children can support adolescents throughout their buying, selling and moving process, which we know can be just crazy, crazy times. So let's start with that right away. What's our tip number one? I think having awareness is key. Um, Awareness that buying, selling, and moving can be one of the top stressors that we go through in our life. And for some children, it can land on that list as being extremely stressful. Not only that, it's often associated with another stressor, such as a parent getting divorced or a parent marrying and a blended family being uh, formed, um, uh, someone passing away that they love, a new birth in the family. So there's the stress of moving, and then there's also usually a stressful event, even when it's positive, that's also associated with that move. So awareness is key, not only for awareness of the stress that the adolescent may be experiencing, but also the parents and guardians to recognize that it's a stressful time overall for everyone and that the transition can be a big deal, but also a great opportunity to build resilience as as a family. I would say awareness is number one. I would say the second uh, thing that can be really supportive for adolescents is really kind of deciding how you want them to be involved in the process and making sure that if you're buying or selling or moving with a partner that you and that partner are on the same page and you know exactly how much you want each individual child sometimes to be involved because all children are different and all of them are going to have different needs in that involvement process. Sometimes parents are going to find that they're going to walk 
from beginning to end, um, hand in hand with their child. Other parents are going to decide that it's right near the end. Once they've selected three houses, that they're going to ask for input and start having conversations. So just really kind of figuring out what's the best way to involve your child in, in that process um, overall and that all children are, are different and it's going to look different for every family. It's going to be developmentally appropriate. It's going to be appropriate for your circumstances. And just a lot goes into that. Um, so I think that that's the second really important um, tip. And then I would say that the third thing is to kind of agree upon how you want to communicate about the move. And it sounds really simple, but being really mindful about how we're going to communicate. Um, every family is different. Parents and guardians know their children and their situation best. So kind of agreeing upon that method of communication. Sometimes communication through text and email and a quick conversation isn't as important. Other families may decide to have a daily standing meeting just to kind of check in with their kids and, and see how they're doing. And then being consistent and letting your adolescent know how you will be communicating with them. Um, I've seen families sometimes do some creative things like opening a journal, a dialogue journal between parents and guardians, and that has worked nicely. I've seen some parents um, do kind of daily informal updates and, and that's worked nicely. And just kind of figuring that out for what works best for, for your family and for your child and then being consistent but yet open and having boundaries around that communication. So that way that information is flowing between you and whoever maybe you may be buying the house with and then the child or adolescent as well. Those are three really great tips. And moving can be so, so stressful. And some kids just don't handle it well. They just sure. don't. Sure. So what advice do you give parents who just have a kid that, you know, maybe they're digging their heels in and they're saying, I don't want to do it. I'm not going to move. Or maybe you got a kid that's just crying because they just can't take the transition. Like, how do you support a kid who needs more than just the three generalized steps? Yeah, I think that's really important that all children and adolescents are going to need different levels of support and those low level informal ideas. Um, could be enough and other children may need more support. And that's that's just fine. I think really being patient and really listening and being mindful of how your child is responding is going to help you determine that. And when there is further need for support, don't hesitate. Reach out to professionals and partner. And it may be a coach and it may be a therapeutic need where you're looking to, to partner with, with a licensed counselor counselor. I also think partnering, partnering with schools is really important. Um, hopefully there's a relationship already established and that there could be an intervention team that could be teachers, that could be a school psychologist, that could be a school counselor, that could be administration, whoever is in that building that you already have a relationship with or need a relationship with is, is a great way to partner. So with other professionals and then also um, with, with the school is just a few ways to partner and Never, never be hesitant to seek support. Um, as you know, we're not alone as, as parents and sometimes pulling all the resources together really helps support our children best. I'm just going to reiterate that because it is such a huge point. Do not be afraid to ask 
for more support because this is a crazy time. It is very stressful and there's a lot of moving parts. We need extra help and asking the schools, asking counselors, there is no shame in that. That is how this is going to become more smooth for your family. So I love that piece of advice. My next question for you is, you know, can you tell us about a personal experience about moving a blended family into the same home? Because I'm sure that happens quite often and it could be turbulent. Sure, sure. So my husband had two children from a previous marriage and I have one child from a previous marriage. And in 2017, we merged our households together. And my son had been through multiple moves and had had some turbulence and challenges associated with those moves that kind of rocked his world. I too had some challenges associated um, with those moves. But this one was different and unique in the sense that we were bringing two families together. At the time, my my stepdaughter was about, well, she's just about 14. And then my stepson was 11 and my son was, was 12. Um, and what I can say is that each of them reacted very differently and at different points in time. And so it's just, it just brings awareness to how every child is different and we can't have the same expectations for all of them. Their needs are going to be different. They all eventually had some externalizing behaviors and some internalizing behaviors, but they they manifested themselves for each of them very differently. And, and in retrospect, going back, I think there was a lot of informal opportunities that I missed along the way, just because it wasn't my primary focus at the time. I was focused on my, my new marriage, my new relationship, and pouring into that and, and didn't necessarily consider all the factors. And I think I would have had a specialized plan to work with each child versus trying to use a blanket approach and involve them all. I think some of them needed more, one child needed more information. The other child probably got way too much information. It was just overwhelming. Um, so really kind of tailoring a plan for each specific child would have been much more helpful. I love that because that is equity in its finest. I think that a lot of times as parents, we feel like everything needs to be equal. And yeah. that's not yeah. necessarily the case. Our right. kids are different. And really what we want is to give each kid what each kid needs. And if that's more for some and less for another, that's okay. That's what equity really is. And so I love how you explain it perfectly. Can you give us some specific red flags that parents could look for if they think that their child is really struggling, but they're just not sure? Sure. Well, globally, we can always refer to the National Association of School Psychologists, and we can always look at the National Alliance of Mental Illness for an exhaustive list. But just speaking in general terms as a parent, when you're looking for changes in your child's behavior, you may find that they're sleeping too much or sleeping too little or eating too much or eating too little or not eating at all. You may find them withdrawing from family activities, from friends, not engaging, wanting to engage in extracurricular activities. There may be uh, drug use or alcohol use for the first time or abuse in those areas as well. There could be truancy, there could be um, mood swings, um, and there could be 
withdrawn isolation that looks a little bit different and out of out of the norm for what could be expected for, for your child. Do you have a particular timeline that you think is reasonable for kids to go through, let's say a mourning process of losing some friends, you know, leaving people behind and starting anew? You know, how long does it take for a kids to adjust? Yeah, I wish I knew. I wish I wish I knew that answer. It's just there's such variability in how we all respond. I mean, even with my own kids, I would say it took one of them about two years to go through a formal grieving process, and then uh, some some behaviors that were externalizing started surfacing, and it took me a while to kind of connect connect the dots. I think um, parents are going to know their children best and their circumstances best. I think it's also important to, to know what other stressors are, are related to, to the move. Unfortunately, sometimes move are, moves are associated with, with stressors that aren't always positive and there's a secondary or more, moreover, a primary reason um, for the morning. And it's not, the morning isn't necessarily the move. It could be a, a loved one, a parent, and it could be a little bit deeper with grief and loss than, than, than typical. Yeah. Cause moving, like you said, it could be the loss of, um, a family that was together, you know, and maybe now there's a divorce or there's yeah. so many different variables and moving parts when it comes to moving. And it's really nice to see a realtor that, sees the big picture of it and not just, you know, the sell of the home. Do you have any last pieces of advice for our families? Last words, last thoughts? Sure. When in doubt, check out buyandsellwellhomes.com. It is a resource site that I put together. It, it has low-level interventions and supports, and then it has the secondary uh, supports and gives you links and references for, for different um, local therapists, counselors, and coaching programs that can help support your child. Also, I'm having a lot of fun with that. It's um, certainly not my, my primary focus, but something I really enjoy doing is providing and pulling together resources for people. You'll find book reviews on there and creating different board games that may help families kind of um, explore. So it's really a creative outlet. It's a lot of fun to to look at and, and chat about and Anyone can use it. It doesn't have to be related to, to me as your realtor, or you can be a realtor in another part of the country and just refer your clients there. Um, it's for everyone to use, parents, adolescents, whoever it may be, just to kind of bring awareness around, around this topic. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Again, I really appreciate everything that you're doing for people. Thank you, Christina. I hope today's episode brought value to you. And if you would like to become a more impactful parent, download the Impactful Parent app. The Impactful Parent app is free to download and full of episodes just like this one to help you in your parenting journey. Carry help, tips, and parenting resources right in your pocket so that you can refer to them whenever you need them most. Plus, when you download the Impactful Parent app, you are also joining a community of like-minded parents that also want to be the best parent they can to their child. So download the app for free and discover new techniques to make your parenting more effective and get parenting resources that are going to make your life easier and then track your progress to help you be more accountable and intentional in your parenting. Plus, you'll get the ability to interact with other parents and me inside the app. All of this and so much more can literally be right in your pocket. So download the app today. You got nothing to lose. It's free. So go to theimpactfulparent.com, 
and discover how you can step up your parenting game and become a more impactful parent. But until next time, you got this, parents. I'm just here to help. Thank you for listening today. Remember to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And don't forget, the Impactful Parenting Podcast is an extension of the Impactful Parent community. Go to the Impactful Parent website and download the free Impactful Parent app so you don't miss a parenting tip that can help you and your family. Thanks for listening today. So go to theimpactfulparent.com and see you next episode.